Welcome to the Cup of Joe Wrestling Show. Cup of Joe Wrestling Show. With Joey Harris. A podcast for the wrestling fan on the go. So take your favorite beverage of choice and join Joey as he takes a look at some of the biggest shows on the WWE Network. From makeshift studios deep in the heart of stately Maine Manor, this is the Cup of Joe Wrestling Show. I am your host, Joey Harris. Folks, back at it once again another week. Thank you all so much for listening each and every week to the Cup of Joe Wrestling Show. I am just overwhelmed and blown away by how high the download numbers are getting every week. We're just getting tremendous numbers, tremendous feedback, especially from last week's episode about my tremendous fall. I feel like the president, everything is tremendous. My tremendous fall and moment of idiocy. I was thinking of some things. My brother-in-law actually wrote me and said, you took a flat back bump. And I guess I did when I fell. And I was also thinking that The people that I was with when I was showing off, I told them, let me show you the fast way down or let me show you the quick way down. I don't remember if I told them that I was planning on sliding down the banister. So I was really telling the truth. I thought about this all week. They must have thought I was insane. Let me show you the quick way down and I just fall. It is the quick way down. It is the quickest way down, but... Regardless of that, and there was this big to-do on the internet this week that Merriam-Webster has added the word irregardless to the dictionary. And Merriam-Webster's response, hey, we don't make things up. We just follow the trends, and this is a trend. Don't get mad at us. Get mad at your fellow man. Certainly one way to look at it. But regardless, let's keep going, shall we? Today we look at Clash of the Champions 6 from WCW and the NWA. Clash of the Champions 6, Rage and Cajun, took place on April the 2nd, 1989 from the Louisiana Superdome in New Orleans, Louisiana. The attendance for the event was 5,000 and the show drew a 4.3 rating. On TBS. Now, there's a lot to unpack here before we even dive into the show. A lot of things happening in WCW at this time. George Scott had been brought on as the booker, and it was a tremendous failure. I don't know the man, I've never met the man. I just know that what I was told that many people think that George Scott was starting to suffer from dementia at this time. And as a result of that, was quickly in and out, mainly because of this show. But I don't know if that's true or not. I do know that he was trapped in the old school mentality of you don't give away your main events on free TV because you feel like it will hurt your house shows. So he didn't promote this show at all. 
and it was going up against WrestleMania 5. No promotion. And this is a really great show. But nobody knows that it's on because they didn't promote it on their television. Still drew a 4.3, but it could have done a lot better if they had just promoted it a little bit. Now, we talked about the Crockett McMahon Wars back in force, Starcade, Roy Rumble, Bunkhouse Stampede, WrestleMania Clash of Champions. After that, cable companies said no more. We're not going to do this. TBS is owned by Ted Turner, but it's also a board and they're part of cable companies too, so no more. No more head-to-head. Everybody agrees to do their own thing and we will work this out. Then, as reported, is McMahon's becoming greedy. He wants more, more, more. He wants more of the profits, wants the cable companies to take a smaller percentage. So they originally envisioned this show right here as a competing pay-per-view. This time with kind of the cable company's blessings doesn't turn out to be that way. Not the final thing, but we can certainly, I, I, I feel that their thought process behind this is, hey, we can certainly throw on a Clash of Champions special with this. That's what they did. They just didn't promote it. Let's look at it. There's a recap. We start out with a recap of the Chi-Town Rumble main event. Jim Ross and Michael Hayes welcome us to the show. This reunites the old UWF announced team. They show a group of former NWA champions eating dinner with Ricky Steamboat. We get our first look at Jim Hurd, who will dominate wrestling talk for the next three years with his decisions running WCW. Video package of some of the wrestlers we are going to see. They then play the national anthem. The Samoan SWAT team, Samu and Fatu, with Paulie Dangerously versus the Midnight Express, Stan Lane and Bobby Eaton with Jim Cornette. Cornette and Dangerously are both masters of their craft here. Both teams look good. Cornette hit Samu with the racket, incensing Michael Hayes on commentary. The arena is dimly lit because there is no one here, because no one knew about this show. Teddy Long is your official. Within the next 10 years, everyone involved in the match but Bobby Eaton will be on WWF TV. Cornette again hits Samu with the racket. It breaks down. The Midnight Express hit the rocket launcher, but Fatu hits Eaton with Paulie's telephone, and Samu gets the pin. The Great Moodle with Gary Hart versus Steve Casey. Michael Hayes likes to bring up that he set the attendance record in the Superdome. Casey rushes Muda and gets a face full of green mist. This match is to highlight Muda's talents. Muda wins after a moonsault off the top rope. The Junkyard Dog comes out with a jazz band. This is the man who set the Superdome record with Michael Hayes. JYD versus Butch Reed with Hiro Matsuda. Jim Ross and Michael Hayes throw some subtle shade towards the WWF. Talk about all the fans that NWA has in Connecticut. JYD and Reed have a rich history here in the Mid-South region. Jim Ross brings up their football careers. If you're drinking at home, you can take a shot. The finish comes after Hiro Matsuda gets up 
on the ropes to argue with referee Teddy Long, and Reed gets pushed into him. JYD messes up the roll-up, but still gets the pin. Now, the following matches are edited out of the WWE Network version of this show. You got Bob Orton with Gary Hart defeats Dick Murdoch in 9 minutes and 45 seconds. The Varsity Club, Mike Rotunda and Steve Williams with Kevin Sullivan, defeated the Road Warriors, Hawk and Animal, with Paul Ellering. This was a tag team match for the NWA World Tag Team Championship. It went 11 minutes and 40 seconds. And Ranger Ross defeated the Iron Sheik by disqualification in a singles match. That went 1 minute and 56 seconds because Sheik was in no condition to wrestle at this point. And it's weird that they edited these matches out or edited them down or whatever because in the Varsity Club versus the Road Warriors match, Steve Williams cradled Hawk for the pin. The match was marred by controversial officiating. Referee Teddy Long refused to count the pin for the Road Warriors only moments before, making a fast count on Williams pinning Hawk. Teddy Long was then subsequently fired as a referee and became a manager. NWA United States Tag Team Championship match. The Varsity Club Kevin Sullivan and Dan Spivey versus The First Family, Eddie Gilbert and Rick Steiner with Missy Hyatt. Gilbert thrown over the top rope at one point, but the referee doesn't see it. Gilbert hits Sullivan with Hyatt's Gucci bag and gets the pin. They continue to fight after the veil. And then the one that everyone who did come to the Superdome and who did see it on TBS, this is the one that they came for, folks. The NWA World Heavyweight Championship match. Ricky Steamboat versus Ric Flair, two out of three falls. Flair comes to the ring with a bevy of beautiful women, and they misspell his name on the screen. Behind in these, I don't know if it's pyrotechnics or lasers or whatever, it says R-I-C-K Flair. Oh boy. Typical though. Steamboat comes down with piece of work Bonnie and little Ricky, and his name lights up as the Draga. Also typical. It eventually scrolls to the Dragon Steamboat Ricky. It really says this. The Dragon Steamboat Ricky. No Walt Disney jokes, please. Little Ricky looks like a cut-rate Yoshi here. Terry Funk joins commentary. This is a brilliant touch considering what is going to come in just a month or so. Jim Ross makes the point to say that Funk is not retired. First fall, these two always have great matches. Funk is really good at commentary, calling it as more of an analyst than a, just a pure color commentator. Both men string together some great moves. They open dueling chop houses at one point. Flair sells like no one else. Steamboat chant goes out as he has his fans in New Orleans. Steamboat gets several two counts. They make a great point in saying that this is the most important match of the day because the NWA title is the most important title in wrestling. They are very physical with their chops. Flair takes the first fall by reversing an inside cradle in 19 minutes and 33 seconds. Second fall. Steamboat starts out aggressive. Fans start to get into the match. The ebb and flow is so good. They keep kicking it up a notch. They battle in and outside of the ring. Flair finally submits to a double chicken wing 
at 34 minutes and 14 seconds. Third fall, they go right at each other immediately. They reopen the dueling chop houses and do their patented flare goes for his top rope move but gets chopped by steamboat spot. Later on, Flair actually hits the Flair top rope spot. That's rare. This matches everything. Lots of close falls. Both men are just spent by the end of the match. Steamboat gets the pin after putting Flair's shoulders to the mat during the double chicken wing after Steamboat leg buckles. Time of the match, 54 minutes, 29 seconds. Jim Ross interviews Steamboat. He thanks TBS and the fans for the opportunity. He wants to move on to other contenders. They look at the video and Steamboat sees that Flair's foot is under the ropes during the pin. They say Flair is irate. Steamboat says he is willing to give him a rematch as they say goodnight from New Orleans. Hey folks, if you like the show, please leave a review in iTunes, Apple Podcasts, or your podcast platform of choice. There are a number of ways that you can contact me. You can follow the show's Twitter at Cup of Joe Pod. You can email the show at Cup of Joe Wrestling Show at gmail.com. You can follow me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I am at the Joy Harris. Thank you for joining me this week. This is Joy Harris saying so long from Stately Maine Manor. The Cup of Joe Wrestling Show is a production of Baby Kangaroo Media. 